That is Passion featuring Christian Stanfield with Glorious Day on your Victory 91.5. Make you want to shout, doesn't it? He shouts a lot. I'm still shouting. (laughs) Good stuff. This is Keith. I have Ray in the studio. We've got a few more segments left. It's been an awesome morning of just learning about Passover, and we're on clip number nine. Yeah. It's a journey. It is. It took them 40 years. I mean, you know, (laughs) we'll get it done in a few hours. But, you know, one of the joys of doing this is because tonight's uh, Twilight Passover comes in. And we all have an opportunity of coming to know Jesus in in just a deeper way. He wants you to know him. And whether you do something tonight or tomorrow night or Good Friday or Easter Sunday or the weekend, whatever you choose, it's that time to press in and discover what you're missing out on. You know, the revelations uh, uh, of how you can thank him in ways that you've never thanked him before or come to appreciate. And there was just something about this Passover experience in my life that has just so changed it dramatically that I I look forward to it every year. And and I love coming on to share and uh, hopefully uh, giving you some insights. Now, it's interesting. We always tell you we're going back to Israel in December. And people used to always say, you know, it'll change your life forever because you look at the world differently. You'll look, look at the Bible differently. And Sure enough, <laughs> that's what happened to us. And uh, one of these really for me was significant because it affected Passover for how I looked at that. So in Jerusalem, one of my favorite stops was the Mount of Olives. We were there for a number of reasons and d- different parts of the Mount of Olives. But right above the temple area on the way to Bethany is where Jesus would travel back and forth when he was in the area. And it's where Jesus defined Passover in the most beautiful way. And I think it's probably why I love Passover so much, one of the many reasons. But it's kind of a hidden meaning of Passover because it's kind of lost in translation a little bit when you translate into English. A lot of things are, but this is one of those that's more significant. He's looking down at Jerusalem, and he refers to a verse from Isaiah 31. Like birds hovering overhead, the Lord Almighty will shield Jerusalem. He will shield it and deliver it. He will pass over it and will rescue it. And Passover, or Pesach, literally means to protect or shield with wings like a mother bird her young, or to spare someone, to give them immunity from calamity. That's the definitions of that word, Pesach. And, you know, so he's become a lamb. (laughs) Now he's become a chicken. (laughs) He's become flesh. He's become a man. (laughs) at At what end will God not go to meet you where you're at? He wants, you know, every comparison, if it's amazing, works when it comes to Jesus. And in Matthew 23, a few days before he uh, comes before uh, in the most difficult way to lay down his life, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you're not willing. So he definitely jumped on that Passover analogy very good. So to, to paraphrase him, how often have I longed to be your Passover, to hold you close, to be your champion? Because Passover is about intimacy with God. It's an encounter with Jesus. He longs to pull us in close to his heart. And God has filled the biblical calendar with a bunch of these encounters with him. And the more you encounter him in the ways he created, imagine that, the more these encounters become just one continuous encounter with him every day. And in reality, I think that I 
end up having Passover with Jesus every day of the calendar because we just we talk about that we think about that all the time because that's his love language to me that's become a communication thing so he's always showing me something you know that's why I love it so much because it's it's part of this intimate communication he uses these examples and he uses history and stories to speak to me so we know that Jesus longs to eat this meal with us. He says in Luke 22, And the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired or longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So keep in mind there, when you get to heaven, you're going to be having Passover with him continually. So I always ask myself if, I'm going to be doing this for eternity. Why am I not doing it on earth? I mean, why would I miss this opportunity to encounter him in, in his favorite meal? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Of course, I like eating anyways. And so <laughs> I love the fact that everything he wants to celebrate, he does it with a feast. I appreciate that. There's only two times Jesus said he longed for anything. Two times in scripture. He wants to be your Passover to hold you close. He wants to eat it with you and hear you testify about him. And... So you can continue to neglect it here on earth, but if he's going to eat it with you in heaven, he's going to be waiting at your table tonight or any time you prepare for that moment, and he's going to meet you there. So your response is up to you. It's like three celebrations in one. It's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days with no yeast, which is your walk with Jesus day to day with no sin or pride in your life. It's Passover when you taste and see that he's good. Every food points to him and the cross. And it's the Feast of First Fruits, resurrection of Jesus and all the saints in Hades, which is your birthday. So in the, in the biggest sense of the word, these next few days with Jesus is to celebrate when you were born, in, in the biggest sense when you were born again, on his, in a sense, birthday. It wasn't when he was born, but when he was raised from death to life and so it's a new birth and, and so all of these things kind of coincide so i want to give you that opportunity and so we're going to keep walking through this and uh we're going to look backwards one more time into egypt the watch night to show you what it is how do you what do you do tonight we know you have the passover meal but what else is is part of that what did, what did the disciples do what was a, what was a normal tradition with that we'll look at next